0: So, Psalm 119, and the verse reads like this It says, Thy word is forever settled in heaven. So, <clears throat> you pray for us for just a little while. Surely it won't be very long before you. But, uh,. We're living in a day and age where people want to make up God's will, or they want to make up His rules, especially if they don't suit the way folks are living. And, uh, we've got all kinds of Bibles and all kinds of commentary about man's opinion. I I like reference Bibles. I've got three or four different ones, but uh, it really is irrelevant what I think, or what theologians theorize, or or what the religious authority comes up with. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven, and so. We're living in a day today, and I know everybody's seen on TV, Any preacher, you don't need to preach current events. or Well, let me just relay this to you for just a thought until the Lord passes by. I know you've seen folks that are dissatisfied with our country and dissatisfied with maybe how they've been treated or dissatisfied with the way our world works and things like that, and they want to lift their voice. They want to print signs and you name it and even make up words to come up with how they feel they should be treated. Let me tell you how to resolve that situation. Good old fashioned love. We need some old time Christians to step up and say I love you. We need some old time folks that believe in the good old King James Version Bible not to just read it not to just carry it but to practice it And uh, the bible says over in acts that that we were first called christians in antioch you know why they were called christians because they were christ-like i don't read in my bible where jesus ever called the first one he never turned anybody away but he loved everybody and that's what we need to do today if we're going to live for him if we're going to lift up his name And so thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. And uh, I know Satan's going to fight me with that because I can't give you the exact number of the verse, but it's in the chapter 89. So let's go right back and let's read it right quick. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thank you, Marty. Forever. That's a long time, ain't it? Listen, and I know we've got folks that say, well, I can't understand that old King James Version stuff." Well, the King James Version Bible covers that too. James chapter 1 says this, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And the reason that I can't understand may be part of God's Word, and I'm not a, I'm not a theologian i'm not an expert on the king james version bible there's some of it that maybe i have failed to grasp yet but if if, if there's part of it that i don't understand it's not god's fault it's not the preacher man's fault it's not the the baptist theology's fault it's mine why would you say that preacher it's not my fault we have not because we ask not if I want to understand it God will make a way and He'll send somebody by my way to preach it out or to teach it or to, we'll, we'll come across it in conversation to enlighten us as to what it means. I, and I guess the Bible is the most controversial book that's ever been written. I've heard folks talk about Marxism and things of that. I've heard folks talk about different ways of living and things of that nature. More people have argued over God's book than ever, ever a book ever written. But I'm here to tell you something today. You know what we do when I'm just going to talk to the Lord passes by for a minute. And I certainly do need your prayers. The worst thing you and I can do if we disagree is argue. The very worst thing we can do, and I'm sure there are folks right here under the sound of my voice that don't see everything the way I see it. That's okay. Let's love each other anyway. we got the same Savior, and we got the same mercy and the same grace. Let's love each other anyway and worship the Lord. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, what I think about it is irrelevant. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I can't change it. You can't either. I've heard Billy Graham preach. I've heard different men preach. Their thoughts on the matter are irrelevant. God's word is forever settled in heaven. I'm here to tell you today it does not matter. Now you pray on for just a little while. I want to get right in the center of God's Word and I want to preach you what God would have me to preach. And so we read about, let's go back to Jeremiah, I preached on him this morning. Let's go to the 36th chapter of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah told his scribe, he said, write this down, this is the Word of God. And the, the scribe began to write and Jeremiah began to give him the words of the Lord. You may not like the words you hear, they may contradict the way you're living, but it's the word of God and it's forever settled in heaven. And so the scribe wrote down the words as, as, as Jeremiah gave them to him and, he, and Jeremiah told him to take that scroll that they were written on and stand out on a certain day and read the words of the Lord. There's nothing better we can do if we don't know what else to do than to read the word of the Lord. Maybe I relate to you this morning the time that Jeremiah lived in. It was a time when Israel displeased God. It was a time when Judah and the king of Judah were contrary to God's word. And so Jeremiah was betwixt, uh, uh, I guess you'd say a rock and a hard place. He would like to have told about God's love and mercy, about His blessings on God's people. But he had to preach a message that he dreaded more than anything about how Israel was going to fall, about how Judah was going to be held captive by, by, by I believe it was, the Babylonians and how the best and the brightest was going to be taken away I'm here to tell you today, not every word of God is pleasant. Did you know that? But it's for correction. It's for to show us how we're supposed to live. you prayed for a little while, I'd really like to get to the center of this. And so the words were rehearsed, and and, and the the men that heard them went back and told the scribes, said, Bring us that scroll. We'd like to take it to the king. And so they took it to the king of Judah and they rehearsed the words. And it was during the winter season and the king sat before the fireplace and he said give me that scroll. And he began to read and as he began to read he found something that wasn't pleasing to his ear. And so he took a penknife and he cut that part out and you read on down through there how he read down through the scroll and he took the knife and he cut some more out and every piece that he cut out he threw in the fire and it burned. I saw on the on the internet just the other day about some of the protesters and they took a Bible and they tried to set it on fire and then they took the flag on top of that and tried to set it on fire. If you don't like it, it's irrelevant. It's forever settled in heaven and I can go deeper on that if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes. So pray on. Oh, and so the king of Judah did not like the words of the Lord that Jeremiah had written down and so he destroyed the scroll, but it didn't matter. The Lord came right back to Jeremiah. They took another scroll and the Lord relayed the same words again. Just because it doesn't fit my lifestyle does not mean that it's not the words of the Lord. I'm here to tell you, he's right. I'm wrong, he's big, I'm little. He's, he's a saint, he's holy, and I'm unholy. He is, is, is God, and I'm just a little sinner that was saved through his mercy and his grace. Who am I that I would think I had any say so in the matter? I'm only here before you tonight because he saved my soul from seeing what dies when I had nowhere else to go. I cried, Jesus! Please save me. And he came by and did the work. Yeah. All right. Pray on. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Just Now listen. Amen. We folks won't like this, but hey. I believe... That word says, God is love. Is that not right? If we're going to be Christians, we've got to practice that. All right. Having said that, let me say this. We've got a younger generation today that really doesn't know what that word says. Because they've never said under it. They really don't know what that word says because they've never heard it preached. And, and I, I hate that we're living in the day that we're living in. I know we have to be saved. We've tried our best to make every precaution right here at Dutch Bottoms. We're not going into our regular Sunday school classes out of an abundance of precaution. And, and I hate that we can't do that because it's, uh, I believe that it's, it, that it's of the utmost importance that our young folks know what the King James Version Bible says how to live, how, how to make a decision, how to do things from day to day. Everything you'll ever need in life is right in the middle of God's Word. And if you'll read it, it'll lead and guide you into all paths of truth and righteousness. You know what the man David that I preached about you this morning had to say about it? Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you're stumbling along in the dark, Turn the light on. Open the book and read the word. And he'll show you where you need to be. Yeah. All right. Forever. It's a long time. Forever, oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. All right. Now you pray for It did not matter that the king was ticked off, I guess you'd say, at the words of Jeremiah. It did not matter that the king did not. And folks, so many times preachers think it's a popularity contest. And if I didn't want to see Dutch bottoms grow, if I didn't want to see new faces come in, if I didn't want to see new people be saved, you should run me off. You should not have me as your pastor. I don't care a thing about a man that only wants a little crowd. That's all he wants. Let me tell you something. God is big and he needs to be shared. Now pray on for a little while. It didn't matter what the king thought. The words came right back. And you know what? He may have made light of Jeremiah. And they may have made fun of him. They tortured the man of God. They put, put his feet in the stocks. They threw him down in the pit in the mori clay without anything to eat. They tortured and tormented the man of God. This is not something to get into if you want people to like you. This is not something to get into if you're interested in the money. This is not, if you're going to preach God's word now, you're not going to get that. You're going to get the world that hates you. Marvel not if the world hates you because it hated me before it hated you. That's what Jesus had to say about it. But he said this, preach The Word. I've got nothing else for you. My thoughts are irrelevant. All I can do to help you today is to preach the Word. Oh, if we want to see sinners saved, we can have special events. We can have a plan put together, a strategy that we want to do. But the only real thing that led Jerah Ellison from a siege to the altar was the preached Word of God. Forever. O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Preach the word. Be instant in season. I don't know what you how you interpret this. I'll tell you what I think of it. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. There are times that it's easy. Ask Wayne, he can tell you. There are times that it's easy to preach the word. You let somebody come by and a good spirit and power get up and the Lord move on you and sometimes I can't get the words out fast enough. They flow through here faster than I can get them out of my mouth. And then there are times when things are quiet, when when nobody's saying anything, maybe... Something's been said that wasn't very nice, and you have to get up and stand anyway. That's out of season, folks. There are times when you might not feel good. That's out of season. There are times, listen, folks, I am inexcusable. And he called me to preach, and Marty I'm glad that he did. It took me a long time to get to that statement. I'm glad that he did. But now listen, I'm inexcusable. I've held revivals with abscessed teeth. I've went with an upset stomach. I've gone when I didn't feel good. And I've told, and I know we've told you in the last couple of weeks, if you don't feel well, stay home. And I stand by that statement. But I said that to say this. I'll stand up the word of God. I'll preach the word of God. I don't read where there's a retirement age. I don't read where there's a physical limitation. He called a man that couldn't talk very well to preach God's word. I told you about Moses this morning. I tell you today, all I've got for you is to preach the word. Amen. Reprove. And I've seen preachers, they like these first two. Reprove, rebuke. But that's not all it says. And I believe, now listen. There are times when it's hard to preach God's Word. There are times, you know why? It goes against this flesh. I want you to like me. I want you to be my friend but I can't let friendship stand between me and preaching the Word of God. And here's how I believe that a preacher, and I don't know why I'm preaching this tonight. It's just the way, and I know we're not shouting and we're not jumping pews, but the Lord's helping me just a little bit, so you bear with me for a little while. This is how I believe a preacher needs to preach to reprove folks. This is how I believe a preacher needs to preach to rebuke folks. I don't believe I should ever get behind the stand and point my finger at you. I don't believe I should ever get behind the stand in anger. I don't believe I should ever get behind the stand being upset at something you've said or done. I believe I should be able to go right to God's Word and show you where men and women in the Bible did exactly the thought that God had laid on my heart. And if that's not enough to get you, I should leave it alone and the Word should never come out of my mouth. It's, I've heard preachers say this, well, I told them, well, if you did, you didn't do much. You better let God make all the statements and keep your mouth shut. When I tell you what I think, the church is going to do this. Part will go that way, part will go that way. Now that's not popular preaching. (laughs) Oh, folks. Reprove, rebuke. If I can't preach to you with all the love of God, there have been times the Lord's Lord's had me to stand and preach things, and it broke my heart to have to preach it. I would rather, there have been times that I would rather some of you men take me out back and take your belt off and just wire me out as to have to preach something hard. But sometimes it's necessary. And when it is, if a God-called man stands, he'll preach to you with all the love that he's got in his heart, tears flowing down his face, because he knows what the church is capable of. He can see it's just out of reach what the church, what amazing things can happen with God's people. He can see how much God loves you and how he wants to save. Oh, and and it breaks his heart to have to reprove. It breaks his heart to have to review, but that's where they want to stop. Let me tell you this. That's not all there is to preaching the gospel. Let us just review what the gospel is when we're talking about God's word. Thy forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Let's review what the gospel is. It is, as I was taught in school, is about to follow up with a definition. It's about to explain what the previous word told you. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. If I preach without the power of God, I relate to you my thoughts and not the gospel. I relate to you, but I relate to you the truth. I can tell you the sky is blue and you can look up there and see that. I can tell you that a dog barks and you can listen and you can hear that. But that doesn't mean that that's the gospel if it's not flavored with the spirit and sent men and women's hearts who are sinners under conviction. I've failed in my duties as God's man. Yeah. I love you. Forever, O oh Lord, I'm going to I'm gonna get to it. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. That's what we need today. I'm not saying pat sin on the back. But we're beat down on every hand. Did you know I could count on one hand the number of churches within a three mile radius that are able to have church tonight? Now you stop and think. Let your mind wander right up 25E, then go down Industrial Park Road, then go back through Rankin Hills, come back around, make a right, go down that way, Make a left, go up, on up into Newport. I could count on one hand the number of churches that are able to have church tonight. And here we are. How blessed are we? We're nobody special. It's not because Dutch Bottoms is over the top of the door that makes us anything different. It's through His mercy that we're even able to gather in His house tonight. Oh, how we should worship and praise the Word. What are you talking about, preacher? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the only God of the Father full of grace and truth. This is a living book. I can read a novel and at the end of the book I can put it down and I can say I completely understand that I know what happened. Those folks are gone and that will never change. But I can read John 3.16 today and it will be a blessing to me. I can read John 3.16 tomorrow and get a brand new blessing. I can read John 3.16 on Tuesday and shout glory I'm blessed. I could read John 3.16 on Wednesday and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. It's something new. Every day, my mercy is due, is, is, is due every morning. It's good to be able just to handle the Word of God. Forever. I going to get to it. Just because the king of Judah didn't like the word did not mean it wasn't going to come true. You know what happened to Judah? It was overthrown. The king, if I'm not mistaken, lost his life. And the best and the brightest were carried down into Babylon. But if that had never happened, we'd have never read about old Daniel. If that had never happened, we'd never read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. Even in trials, God knows how to bring about blessings. <clears throat> All right. This generation just doesn't understand. I don't know if it's because we've grown soft behind a pit or what. Did you know the Word of God tells men here not to mark our bodies? Look up Leviticus chapter 19. It tells us not to mark our bodies. Did you know the word of God calls homosexuality an abomination? Yeah. You can find that in Leviticus. You can find it in Jude. You can find it in three or four different places. Now, does that mean those folks that have the tattoos? Does that mean those folks that are homosexuals? Does that mean that they're any less than I am? No, I tell you what, my sin's just as bad as theirs. I'm, if anything, a worse sinner. Oh, and that's where the love comes in. We will not get them right by talking them out of it. We will not get them right by telling them that they need to live a different lifestyle. We'll get them there by showing them the love of God and letting them sit under the sound of the gospel because it changes people from the inside out. All right. We are disloving anyway. We're living in a day where Christians don't know what the Word of God says. I heard a fellow a few months ago say, well, the Bible don't really say about wine. Well, let me read, let me give you a couple instances about people in God's word that that drunk son. How'd that work out for Noah? He drank some wine. How'd that work out? He got drunk on it, didn't he? And was shamed by his nakedness. His sons were so ashamed of his nakedness that they wouldn't look at him. They walked backward to cover him up so his nakedness wouldn't show. Is that good for wine? Does that show you what wine can do to you? Let's go on. How about Lot? He drank some wine. How'd that work out for him? I believe he fathered through incest two children that never got along with the children of God. That continually gave Israel problems. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Moab was one of them. And you read where the children of Moab always stood against the children of Israel. I believe the other one, if I'm not mistaken, led the people of Anan, and they always gave God's children problems. So it does not matter, folks, what my theory on the matter is. Let's go by what the Word of God says. Let's follow the examples of what happened. Whenever now, listen here. Well, you know what that denomination that fellow was that said that? He was Baptist. To abstain from the sale of, the use of intoxicating drinks as a beverage. When you came under covenant to this church, you promised to abstain from the sale of and the use of intoxicating drinks as a beverage. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now let's take a look at the word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Lo, I come in the volume of a book, thus it is written of me. Who was that Word that became flesh? That Word was Jesus. He came to His own, and His own received Him not, but to as many as received Him. To them gave He power to become the sons of God. You called on his name to the saving of your soul. You believed on him. And now you're a child of the King. I'm here to tell you today, oh, how I love Jesus. We like to sing that one, don't we? Well, you love him as much as you love the word. Oh, I, I, I heard an anecdote one time. I believe Doug Besser said, I heard him say this story. And you know Doug, he's a good preacher man. He said he would passed this old man's house every day and every day he passed it, the man was out on the front porch with a Bible and he held it like this every day and Doug stopped by one day and asked him why he held that Bible like that and he said the old man couldn't read a word he said i just like to hold it close cause it feels good for it to be close to me I'm telling you today every day as the children suck with Jesus is sweeter than the day before if you want to be blessed keep the word the word is now." thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. that Oh, preacher, there'll be a day when the government will come and they'll take our Bibles, they'll take the Word. No, they won't. They'll have to do heart surgery if they do, because I've got it down here on the inside. They'll never take Thou word, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in the heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou should believe on the, on the Son and confess him, thou shalt be saved. I wish I could quote that exactly. But you get the gist of it. They can't take that. Yeah. You know why they can't take it? Well, I'm getting pretty deep in it tonight. You know why they can't take it? because it's sealed. You want to talk about the seals? Salvation is sealed. The Bible, the King James Version Bible, the Word says that it's sealed until the day of redemption. Paul said I have persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. He also said, I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor powers or principalities nor things present or things to come are able able to separate us through the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And what is Jesus? He's the Word. Amen. Let's get back to our verse. Forever. O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. If you think that I'm preaching to you about a book, you need to listen a lot closer. If you think I'm preaching to you about something with pages in it, and print on the pages. You need to listen a lot closer. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. He led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted his hands, and he blessed them. Everything's better when Jesus puts His hands on it. Amen. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I like this song, don't He's still working on me to make me what? That's not a children's song. I'm 54 years old, and he's still working on me. I believe Marty's about 72 or so, and guess what? He's still working. I like the next slide, don't you? Oh, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Oh, he's got a big job with Mike Strange. He's working on me continually. But one day, I'll lay this flesh aside and I'll see the Word coming. Woo! In the clouds of glory, I'll get to see it face to face. Oh, when I see him on that day, he'll have made me into exactly what I'm supposed to be. I've not got all the verse out yet forever oh Lord thy word is settled in heaven I told you he laid his disciples out as far as Bethany and lifted his hands and he blessed them now let's go to the first chapter of Acts then he, Ascended. There was two men in white that stood there, and the men looked up. Can't you just imagine what was on their mind? They had walked with him. They had talked with him. They had been so down when they thought he'd been crucified. When they thought that their Savior had been put in the grave. When they had seen him bleed. When they had seen him beaten beyond recognition. When they'd seen His flesh torn from His back. When He was carrying the cross and they compelled... (laughs) I'm just hearing our river word tonight, but the Lord's helping me. And they compelled one Simon, said, Here, won't you come and carry His cross? Won't you pick up His cross and follow Him? How about you tonight? When you follow the word. We make a bold statement when we say yes, yes, yes. We need to remember that we're talking about the whole word of God. We can't be like the king of Judah and just carve out what we want. When we follow him, we got to get all the way in. Amen. It's not enough just to take John 3.16 and say, I believe that. You better believe all of it. I might not understand it all. We might not agree on everything within the lens, but I I'm here to tell you, I'm willing to follow him today. How about you? He it up, and our stood his disciples had seen him bleed and die. Can't you just see them? No doubt they thought maybe they'd have to follow the same fate as Jesus did. We even read where Peter followed him afar off, don't we? Can't you just see them as they, those Roman soldiers, picked up that cross and they laid it down? They might not even laid it that gentle. They might just let it fly. They might, they might just let it fly. Who is Jesus to them? Who is he to you? Are you going to be gentle with him? Is he your brother? Is he your savior? How are you going to treat him? I could just see them as they got that cross. They lifted the thing up out of the ground. They might just let it fall. Maybe his the body jarred. And they went over and maybe took something and they pulled the nails out of his hands. And they pulled the nail out of his feet. Then Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus went and got his body, prepared it as the manner of the Jews was to bury it. you just see old John or Matthew watching as they wrapped his body, his battered, bloody, lifeless body? And they took the linen clothes and they wound it around their Savior that they had followed, that they had seen do so many miracles. there lay. And they prepped that body, and they took it down to Joseph's new tomb where never in a man was laid, wrapped his head about with a napkin, and laid the body inside the tomb. And then they took a big stone and rolled it up over the door And then Herod took soldiers down there and they sealed it and the soldiers stood guard to make sure nothing was going to happen. You may be a soldier today. You may be one of Herod's soldiers that's vowed and determined that the church will never accomplish anything in your lifetime. That Christ will never beat anything to you. Let me tell you something. When Jesus decides to work, no man can stop it. The, they could have rolled the whole Smoky Mountains over that tube, and he'd have still come out. He didn't have to roll the stone away to come out. He could have come through the stone if he wanted to, but that was provided your benefit to see that he wouldn't end there anymore, that he's alive. Oh, and so we read about where he appeared about before I believe it was 400 folks or so that saw him after he was risen maybe 500, that so electric was risen. Can't you just see the smile on their face? I, I believe, maybe when he appeared in the upper room. Now, the scripture don't say this, but they were there and they had shut the doors. You know what that symbolizes? Shut the world out. Yeah. If you want to see him, you'll have to get your mind off the world. Oh, can't you just see them boys? There was 11 of them there. Thomas was in their presence. And the first time the Lord walked through the door, what a sound rang out. I'm sure tears fell to the ground. How are you gonna be when you see the word coming? Yeah. Amen. You all know Thomas's story? Yeah. But when he saw him, he recognized him, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Here we are in 2020 with the viruses shutting our church doors. Here we are in 2020 that's challenging us to find new ways to gather and worship. And so the words of the word said this to Thomas, Because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those whom, having not seen, yet believe. Amen. I ain't seen him with these eyes, but I can sure say I'm blessed. I ain't seen him with these natural eyes. I've never touched his flesh with these fleshly hands, but I can sure say I've been blessed. I didn't get to do like Thomas and put my finger in the nail prints, but I know they're there. How do you know, preacher? Because even though these fleshly hands are never touched him, he's touched me. I felt his hand wrap around me. I felt his divine protection, his hands placed around me when evil would come my way. He's been there, John, with his big hand of mercy and grace to protect me. I felt him. I, <laughs> I seen him through the eye of me. I know he's real. Oh, and so let's get to the verse. Whenever the, he ro- ascended into the heavens, the two angels said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? What are you standing around for? This same Jesus you see going away shall come again. In like manner, what are you standing right now for? Why are you standing still? Why are you not rejoicing? Why are you not praising the Word? He's coming again. And He's going to take us with Him. When we see the Word, I believe we will rejoice. You're looking, folks, right now, by the Spirit and power of God, He's in our presence tonight. I'm here to tell you today, take a look. You can see it in every aspect of life. All right. Why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus. You see, go away, shall come again in like manner. Now, let's go, I believe it's over in one of the later books of the Bible, maybe Galatians or Corinthians, I'm not sure. But the scripture goes like this. It tells us where the word is. Says this that he's ascended into heaven, he's at the right hand of the Father, making the intercession for you and I. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You want to know where the word's at tonight? He's right by the Father, saying, look, Dad, yeah. There's a little eight-year-old sitter boy that needs mercy. There's a little sitter girl down at Dutch Bottoms like Swinstein that needed grace. There is one of ours crying out for help. Well, I know maybe they've not lived perfect. I know maybe they're not in the center of your will, but would you intercede on their behalf and work and answer their prayers? Oh, let me tell you why that he's able to do that. We read, where no one was found worthy to open the book or loosen the seals thereof. And then John said, I went much? And then they looked, and in the midst of the throne was a lamb that had been slain from the foundation of the earth. Who was that lamb? That was the word. And the, and the, and the scribes and the four and twenty elders rejoiced because the vials containing the prayers of the saints could be answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? All because of the word. Yeah. All right. forever forever he's going to come back he's going to collect the one thing that came from him don't worry about your brand new car it ain't going to make it it don't have a soul folks don't worry about your mansion it don't have a soul He's coming to get the one thing that left him, and he's going to take it back with him. What's the one thing that he left him? His blood. His blood. All right. And I know we have different folks with different scenarios and different situations, but I've got a certificate that says, I'm the son of John D. Strange and of Patsy Hubbard Strange. But you know what? Documents can be forged. That's just the way the world we're living in today. You may think that I have forged that document. And so you might have me to do a DNA test. And if you did a DNA test, they could trace the DNA back to John Strange and Patsy Strange. I'm a child of God. Do the DNA. It's there. It's real. The blood, remember this song, One Dark Night in Egypt. A fearful time had come for one little Hebrew boy. And the chorus says, the blood is still there. Oh, there's been dark days, but the blood is still there. And so when Jesus comes back, he's not looking for the Baptist. When he comes back, he's not looking for the church of God, the Baptist, the Presbyterian. He's looking for children that are his blood. Yeah. Amen. That's what the word is looking for you know where he's going to take us? Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I'm going to live with the word. I'm going to worship the word. I'm going to praise the word. Let's go to Galatians. Pray, pray without ceasing and in all thanksgiving thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When the Word and the way I'm living don't match, I need to be thankful for that. Amen? Oh, folks, now listen. He's right. I'm wrong. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, let's say Lord. His ways are higher than our ways, let's say Lord. Let me get this in my face. I quoted it earlier. Lo, I come in the volume of a book. Thus it is written in me. Here he is. But let's go to John. If everything were written that Jesus had done, the world couldn't contain the books. This is the volume about Jesus. Revelations chapter one, verse one. We can debate what Revelations has to mean. Let's go with verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Old oh, folks. If everything that Jesus had been done had been written, the world could not contain the books. This is the volume of the book. Now, if I begin to tell you about everything that Jesus had done for me, we might be here all night long. I could fill a book. I believe if Marty Costner would just break down, sit down, Take everything that Jesus had done for him, it would fill a book. I believe if Bobby Parker would begin to think about his many blessings and the time God had been there with him when he didn't know what else to do, I believe he could fill an Amen. entire book. If you would be honest and search your soul, I believe you could fill a whole book with all the things that Jesus had done for you. Just because he comes in the volume of this book doesn't mean he can't shine in our book. No. Oh, forever. I know. We've gotten away. Let me just say this. I was so proud Wednesday night. We got to see somebody saved. Satan's tried to keep us out of the sanctuary. <laughs> That's not to say if we have to go back out into the parking lot, we can see somebody saved up there on the pavement. I've got a mother that was saved in the front seat of, of a Corvair. I've got a son that was saved in the floorboard of the four-wind star in downtown Newport in the parking lot across from the men's den. My mom was saved in the front yard of Jim Cameron, if y'all remember Jim. Folks, we don't have to have the pews to see our people saved. We don't have to have the carpet for them to kneel down on. We don't have to have the the wooden bench or the little place beside where we take the, the communion for them to kneel. We are the church. And if we meet in the sanctuary, we're the church. If we meet in the parking lot, we are the church. If we meet in aisle 13 at Home Depot, we are the church. Wherever we meet and a sinner cries out, salvation will take place as long as we preach the word. As long as we live the word, as long as we lift up the word. And I know folks, when this, when this virus first started, there were, there were church folks that would have to us. Because we didn't just go right on Sunday school. Because we didn't just come on up on the altar and shake hands and hug necks like we always do. The same book that said he'd never leave us, that he'd never forsake us, says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He expects us, he give us a brain. He expects us to use it. And if it hinders my worship because I can't shake your hand, that's my problem, not his. If it hinders my worship because I can't because it gets a little bit out of my comfort zone, that's my problem, not his. He, I believe. Now listen. Well, fairly not the symbol of yourselves together. We got folks watching right now. That's members of Dutch Bottoms. I'm glad to have you. I'd like to hug your neck. I want to tell you that right now. Oh, just because you may be a state away or a county away, that don't mean we can't be together. That don't mean, well, listen, do you believe this? I believe you believe this. When the two or more, two or three gather together, concerned, anyone think he'll be in the midst and he'll hear them? Does that mean we've got to be within arms' reach of each other? I believe that Bobby Parker can go up to his house and crawl off wherever it is that he prays. I can go to White Pine and crawl off wherever it is that I pray. Wade can go to Sevierville and crawl off wherever it is that he prays. And when we pray, we can assemble together and God can be in all three places at the same time. The problem is we can't get together. That's what the problem is. Folks want to nitpick and I'm not saying that's here at Dutch Bottoms. I'm just saying that's a common trait of a cold Christian. We want to nitpick. We want to find fault. We want to point fingers. That's what you do when you can't feel God's spirit. When you get right with him, all that stuff stops. When you get back to the Word, all that stuff stops. Now, yes, I mentioned in this message tonight, homosexuality. I mentioned in this message tonight about the folks that have the tattoos, and I know once you get one, it's hard to get away from it. You can't get it off. You can't do that, and if you do, that stuff is very, very expensive, and maybe you don't have the money for that. And don't misunderstand me. I believe you can worship and praise the Lord and be right in the center of God's will with one. The Word of God just says what it says. And I can't change that in you either. Oh, but I want you to know, if I lust, that's a sin just as bad as homosexuality. Amen? If I turn up a bottle and I'm not sober, I'm inebriated, that's just as much a sin as homosexuality. If I have envy, if I covet my neighbor's things, That's just as much a sin as homosexuality. Folks, we have no right and no room to point fingers. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the only way to get rid of that sin is to get right in the center of God's Word and stay as close as we can to His will. Now listen. I may go home and might get way out of his will before the night is over. You may not make it out the door. I've seen folks do that. you, I've seen them get mad before they walk out the back of the church. I'm here to tell you today, it's my job not to worry about your sin, but to take care of mine. If I live according to God's word, he'll be more pleased with me. If I don't live according to God's word, he'll chastise me. Oh, and if I don't like it, it don't matter. For ever, oh, Lord, thy word is settled. He's there. He's going to be with us there throughout all eternity. Amen. I want to see Grandma. Grandma. That word don't say grandma I'll either. Oh, now listen, my dad is on his last days. I was in there with him the other night, just me and him, he's about to go to bed. Lots of times I try to talk to him, and he just looks at me. It's hard to get him to respond to anything. I said, I'm going to heaven. And without a thought, he said, I am too. I know the life he's lived. I live with him. Lots of people know him from church. I know him from home. I live with him. I know the life he's lived. I believe with all my heart he'll be there. But that book don't say he will be. They don't call him the name. If we're going to heaven, we better be going to see Jesus. Because the word is settled he's going to be there now listen I got people that's going you got people that's going we may not read their name in the book but we know that they're going to be there because they got saved by grace through faith the bible does say this about those saints that have gone on it says there is a number that no man can number you're looking at the least you're looking at the number that says 0.00000000. Just add the zeros continually and at the end of the line, zero, put a one. Because that makes me the least. I may be the least among them, but I'll be there. Thy word forever, O oh Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven aren't you glad listen there are countries let me get this not long ago we made a donation at Dutch Bottoms to a ministry that sneaks the Bible into North Korea they won't allow them and I'll guarantee you if I went through my house right now i probably got 20 Bibles. If I went through every table and every end table, every TV stand, every fireplace, you name it, I could probably turn up 20 Bibles. They can't have one. Right. And we get to hold it for all the world to see every day. We have it at our fingertips every time we're in trouble, every time we need guidance, every time we need a kind, encouraging word, we've got it to open and look at any time we want to. it's right here. Just because the North Koreans can have this, this natural thing that you can see with your eyes does not mean they can't have the word. They can get him in their heart just like they do. Yeah. Now, John often asks you if you know a sinner raised your hand. Do you have neighbors that don't go to church? I do. Do you have relatives? That it's been years since they darkened the church door, I believe. Do you know sinners that make no attempt to fix things between them and Lord? I believe. You know the only way we can help them is with the Word. That's, right. That's the only help we've got for them. I know there are counseling programs. And mean, a lot of them are based from the King James Version Bible. That's wonderful. But the only help we can really give people is, and they can't get it until they're willing to receive the Word. How many times have we talked about the parable of the seed sower? And your hard-hearted sinner may not be willing to hear the Word of God today. You may feel like that the seed has fallen by the wayside. That it's been choked out by the thorns. That it's fell on stony ground. But as I've preached to you before, the stony ground don't always have to stay that way. If you take a plot of land and you go through it with a hoe or a rototiller... You can eventually keep turning until you turn up every one of them stones. And if you're determined and you work hard enough, you can go through one by one and remove them. And you know what you got left? Good ground. Ground that you can show new life in, that you can plant a garden. That you can plant the seed that comes from the Word. Those sinners that you raised your hands on, and I'm just gonna use Becky, I don't think she'll mind. She's requested prior for her brother several times. If I have met him, it's been years I'm talking maybe thirty year ago if I met him. He would have just been a boy. And, you know, if I can witness to him. I can tell him what the King James Version Bible says. But the life and the light that she has can make a real difference. If we take it and we live it and we lift it up, we'll see our people saved. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's the message.